0: All right, welcome back to the Ohio and I'm with Craig Craig, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, Chris?
0: I, I'm doing good. It's morning, but hey, we're awake. Yeah. We're feeling okay hey can't complain no, um, no so hey, I wanted to talk about this and I gotta say I'm not not a fan of Kroger, but Kroger's just not my place. I know you're a big fan of Kroger. I know from. Our research, there's a lot of big Kroger fans out there. And Kroger's now going home delivery. Um, They've had this in the past, but they're trying to expand more on home delivery. Uh, There's a Cincinnati inquiry story from um, Wednesday talking about it. And they're saying that uh, they have 20 customer fulfillment centers uh, planned nationwide. The first one's going to deliver groceries from Monroe which is a northern suburb of Cincinnati, and they're saying, hey, it's going to be an improved, more reliable, and a less expensive service. Service. Um, hmm. I, I'm on the saving time, Craig. And I'm, you know, I I know it sounds a little bit cocky, but even for, like, families like us that aren't super rich or super wealthy, I would say your time's money. Are you interested in a home delivery thing? I mean... I'll guess the way it'll save time.
1: Well, I'm 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 kind of confused because we actually have the option for home delivery, uh, you know, to ship out our groceries. So, I don't know if this is more of like a big city thing that maybe some of the bigger areas in Ohio and, you know, obviously across the country maybe just don't offer, but I have an option, you know, when I go online to pick up you know to either pick up or home delivery so
0: well what you're saying is um currently your home delivery it is kroger but it's um through instacart uh, they probably have the kroger brand on it but some for instagram i'm um, instagram yeah that'd be yeah. interesting um instacart or other third-party partners so what kroger's saying is we want to take it over ourselves. we want it okay. to be our own thing and they're saying it's going to improve the consistency and quality of a service. So nothing against Instacart, but you know, Hey, we talk about this even at, with the company we we'll work for. I mean, if you have your own people, generally speaking, you'll have better service than if you try to contract with a third party provider.
1: Oh, well, okay. That means that, that makes some sense then. And um, you know, I, I know that I don't usually do the delivery option because it's a little expensive. So, Um, you know, I know that they're, you know, here in the story, they've talked about, you know, maybe figuring out a way to lower that price, uh, for delivery. Um, and if they can do that, then, you know, maybe they, they might be onto something. If not, then, you know, it's probably a nice little tool, especially during the pandemic. But I wonder, I wonder if it will be used as much as it could have been, maybe if it were rolled out during the pandemic, you know, the height of the pandemic, although, seems like at this point, we don't know if we'll ever get out of the pandemic. So, you know, maybe it'll have a, a strong, you know, sort of a strong surge here early on. But, uh, you know, it, it seems like a nice idea. And if, you know, if Kroger wants to, you know, get into it, I, I don't see a, a downside to it, you know, and um, if anything, it'll help keep people home and safe. And also, you know, it'll save on traffic and gas and yeah. just everything else. So it's not a bad package all rolled up into
2: one.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering about a couple of things So they talked about a nine ninety-five delivery fee. Yeah. And you know, my family's in Walmart. Um well, remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago where we where I was ranting and raving about uh, I had trouble with the pickup at Walmart. Right. And it, they had just a bad weekend from what I understand. And overall it's been a lot better since that awful weekend. Uh but they were encouraging me to do home delivery and apparently I think if you do the um, – Walmart's got a premium service, like a Walmart Plus. They're saying that if you have that, it's like $10 a month. I think you get like um, a, a home delivery for free and you get a couple other options and everything else. I, I will say w- when they made it right, that bad order they did for me, they sent to me home delivery, and it wasn't bad. I mean, you got to be looking for it because they literally – especially during the pandemic, they just lay all your groceries on the front step. <laughs> they ring the bell and they take off, you know, so okay. yeah. your whole groceries on the front step. So I wouldn't imagine, especially if you have something cold, that you want to keep it on your front step for a long time at all. Or if you have nosy neighbors, I mean, you talk yeah. about you know, package grabbing, man, they could grab your food, you know, whatever the case might be. But no, I I don't, I don't think it was bad. Um the 995, I wonder about that price point because Walmart was talking about reducing theirs too. Uh this story from the talks about they're taking a look at the 995 price point. They're definitely not offering it for free, but I think they're they may shave a couple bucks off. Um, if well, like you, you're a current customer. You say, Hey, it's a little bit too pricey for me. Right. What do you think would be a good price point? I'm not trying to commit you to this, but you know, you look at nine ninety five dollars 95 what would make it work for you?
1: Well, you know, I guess if it's going to be a flat rate, you know, no matter... And I'm assuming that there's going to be a minimum purchase because I know right now there's a minimum purchase for their pickup to be free. Um, and I think their pickup is $4.95. So you're probably not going to get it down to that kind of a level because... Kroger can argue, well, you know, we're reinvesting into the company. We're building a maybe a bigger distribution facility. Maybe we're getting trucks and hiring staff to drive. So maybe the lowest you can go is like $6 or, you know, like a $5.99 or a $6.99, something like that. Um, I'd like to see it be cheaper than that, you know, maybe the $5 or the $4.95 that it costs to, to pick up grocery items. But again, that's also you know, for items that, you know, cost less than $35. So I would hope that it won't be too expensive. And, and 9 dollars maybe it's not expensive to a lot of people, especially if you're getting, uh, you know, $100 or $200 of groceries to add that to the list so you're not going out yourself. <coughs> so I guess, you know, you just have to kind of weigh the options of what you think, you know, the value of it is. And I would think the sweet spot for them will probably, if they're not going right. to go $9.95 because they're saying that it's too expensive, then maybe $6.99 or $599 might be their sweet spot.
0: So you're saying Kroger, is that for any purchase that you pay $495 to
1: pick it up? It's if you pay, if you buy the way I've seen it here on the on, it used to be completely free essentially. Um, but the way I see it now is anything under $35 at the pickup is $4.95. So you have to you have the $495 surcharge if your grocery or, or purchase item is below $35. Anything okay. above $35 is free. Um, oh,
3: okay.
1: Now I know that, um, you know, for Sam's club, they do offer um, something already. Now that's kind of like a home delivery. Um, I can't quite recall whether or not they have a minimum purchase, but I do know that if you're a, like a Sam's club plus member, like the hundred dollar value of their, a subscription tier or whatever you wanna call it. Um, I do believe that all your uh, purchases are free that you, that you ship. Although there are some things that are not able to be purchased to ship. So that's the one caveat there is that it's not opened up to the entire store. There are some things that you have to go in store or pick up in order to purchase them at Sam's Club. Not everything's available. I'm assuming Kroger is going to make everything available um, or at least maybe the grocery items, I suppose, in this uh, new plan that they have.
0: Yeah, because I know with Walmart, they just say, "Hey, you can't spend under thirty-five. You can't okay. pick But honestly, you know, any type, you know, if it's just a couple or if any type of kids, thirty-five is not a hard level to to um, right, right. Go over. I mean, yeah, you can't just get a snack there and that will be it, but. um I don't know. I kind of look at this, though, for businesses, and I always kind of think about this in the back of my head. You know, the good thing about any type of a subscription service, you look at Netflix, hey, you know, sometimes it's hard to forget to cancel. So, you know, hey, if if we're a service, like, you know, well, you know, if you subscribe to our, our Ohioan service, you know, if you don't cancel now, we're getting your money each month, you know, mm-hmm. and our list of support doesn't work that way. You have to go back and uh, sign up for it again. But what I'm saying is any type of subscription service is good because if you're month to month and you just don't cancel, you're getting paid each month as a business. And I kind of look at that as interesting. Um, you look at from, from through the pandemic and through other things what a way, I mean, like like a McDonald's, for example. If you just don't go to McDonald's, McDonald's isn't going to get your money. But if like McDonald's offers a McDonald's plus service or something like that, it kind of sounds silly, but in some ways that company is getting a certain amount of your money each month, and what a way for them to make money each month, you know. So now you see one more plus. I don't I'm guessing you're going to see some type of a Kroger plus come out of this. Where okay. for a monthly service, you walk you pay $10, 15 bucks, what do you get? Do you get free delivery sometimes? Do you get whatever the case might be? I'm looking at Walmart Plus. And honestly, for my wife and I, it, it's not worth the squeeze for us. But, you know, they're giving you free shipping, no order minimum. Uh, they're giving you free delivery from your store. It's gotta be a thirty-five dollar minimum order. So now it's probably for a third party service, but man, Craig's free delivery for groceries thirty five bucks. And up, you know, it sounds interesting from a Walmart. Um, now, where we go to Walmart, there's no gas, so I don't know how this helps, but there's member prices on fuel, and then you can scan and go if you're shopping in store. Now, we go to Walmart a lot, so that's something that we're thinking about. It hasn't been really worth it yet, but I mean, it could be a good offer for customers and it could be a good offer for um you know businesses too. Yeah, I wonder how even working the newspaper business. You know yeah. we talked about hey, you know support local journalism and we say that and that's something you should do. But maybe in, even in addition to getting the print paper at home or uh getting that online subscription, you know, hey, have a Fremont News Messenger Plus to say you know, hey, you get to go to a online event per month, or hopefully, this COVID gets done. You know, ask a reporter, ask the other, you know, <laughs> or whatever else the case might be. Right.
1: Which, well, yeah, it's funny it's because, because I've even, thing. you know, I've even seen uh, Volvo now. Apparently, has a subscription. Uh, you can subscribe to Volvo, uh, the, the the car. Uh, they have various uh, options where you can. You know, for a mon- a monthly fee, whether it's there's a six seventy-five a month, seven hundred a month, or nine twenty-five a month car deal, where yeah, it's essentially like leasing. But what you do also get with it is um, you get maintenance on the vehicle, protection for the tires, um, and also insurance coverage too, which is kind of unique. So I don't know how much Volvo cars would cost with a uh, a lease agreement, but you know, if you're paying. 50, 100 bucks a month for car insurance, maybe $675 isn't that bad for, you know, for getting a new vehicle. You know, I don't know if the XC40 T5 AWDR design is a good vehicle for Volvo, but for $679 a month, it's sort of a 24-month lease, but you get the vehicle and you don't have to worry about, you know, your insurance and you get you know, maintenance on the vehicle, protection for the tires. So. And, you know, that might not be a bad option, too. I mean, it seems like that's sort of the wave of the future is, you know, monthly right. subscription fees.
0: Right, because it definitely has worked for Netflix. It's definitely worked for Hulu and some it's other services. And, hey, if you're a business out there, you know, come on, get with the times, you know, it could work. And, like I said, it would be more – how do they offer you even a little bit more than just saying, hey, we'll give you, like, free delivery, like, you know, Walmart's trying to do. You know, how, how do we say – how do you make the customer feel a little bit more involved with what you're doing? And in a way too, if you know, if you subscribe to, you subscribe to HBO Max, you have, you, you, I'm sure there's a little bit of a feeling of, hey, this is what I do. Now you could can cancel this month if you want. Right. It's not like, I, I mean, but you almost feel like part of the family. I'm giving money to them each month. You know, because I like their service. I want to take part in their service. You, you know, I'm sure you watch a decent amount of HBO Max each month. Um, so I kind of look at that and say, so if you become like a Kroger member, and again, there's no reporter plans for a Kroger Plus or some service like that. It just seems to be that's what's coming. I think common sense would kind of say that. Right. Well, you're already a Kroger uh, customer. Man, if you're a Kroger Plus member, hey, you're in. You're not going to Walmart. You're going to Kroger Plus. That's right. the thing with my wife and I. Man, if we become a Walmart Plus member, you'll be seeing us at Walmart more. So right. h- how better can you build customer loyalty? So I applaud this for Kroger. And believe me, they're not going to lower their prices a ton. But, hey, I like the fact of looking at this saying we want to offer better service. I like the fact of saying, hey, you know, nine ninety five to deliver is a little bit high. Let's see how we can lower that price a little bit. Um, again, Kroger's got to make money. I mean, Kroger's not going to give away their stuff for free. But, on the other hand, it seems like they're thinking ahead, thinking proactively. And that's good, especially for a brand like uh, Kroger. So, Absolutely. Well, let us know what you think. Um, we always like talking business here. Uh, we're into the membership plans. And speaking of membership plans, um, we're, we are recording some ads hopefully over the weekend. But I want to give a quick plug out for our listener Support um, service. You say, "Why do you guys need support?" Well, hey, we're getting up each morning. Uh, we are taking some time, um, and it can help us reinvest in the show. Um, you know, we can do more of the show and everything else like that. So, we have rates at nine ninety cents a month, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. And you said, "What do I get from that?" I can listen to this for free. Well, it's true. But what you can get from it is we are having monthly contests. And this month, you can win a copy of the Hope Interrupted book. We've talked a lot about it. There's a new episode that dropped on Wednesday of this week. Uh, We'll give away a copy of Hope Interrupted, and we're planning on having different contests each month. So check our list of support tab. If you go to that anchor page, which I know a lot of you people are going to, there's a list of support option there. There's also a link on our podcast page. Uh, when you see our podcast each day, we can hit list or support, and you can donate that way, too. It's another great way of supporting the show. And, again, we're trying to give away stuff. To, so it's going to be worth it for you, too. Hey, I love the contest, and hopefully you do, too. Uh, thanks for checking out the high We'll be back soon with another segment. Have a good one.
2: Hi, guys. Welcome back to the channel. And coming with a book review for today, uh, the Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson uh, from 1959. Uh, so again, as with all of my reviews, they are spoiler free, so don't wanna ruin anything. And uh, I also wanna make sure that you don't think like, all this guy does is read horror. Uh, that's that's not true. Uh, I have been in a streak of reading quite a few, but uh, uh, really glad. Uh, some of them are really not what I thought they would be and in a good way. So The Haunting of Hill House. Now I was drawn to this uh, as you see again on the book, which I hate, it's not a sticker, it's just printed on there. Uh, this was the inspiration for a Netflix series, which was excellent. But if you saw that series, it's not the book. Uh, and I like how it even says there it's the inspiration. It's not uh, the series wasn't based on the book, the book was the inspiration for it because the story is nothing like uh, what you see in the series itself on Netflix. So, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Uh, What we have in this story, a quick synopsis, is Hill House, obviously this haunted house, and there is uh, Dr. Montag, uh, I'm guessing that's how you say his name. He is trying to gather people who have some kind of exposure in their past to paranormal events because he wants to investigate Hill House and try to find scientific proof. As to the existence of ghosts and paranormal phenomena, So he puts out uh, all these invitations, uh, all he can get in response. Uh, there are two women, uh, Eleanor and Theodora, and then a heir of Hill House uh, named Luke. And so the four of them go to Hill House together, and their intent is to observe and see what happens in this alleged haunted house. And this is first let me say it's not going to be for everybody uh, it's a very different writing style uh, because it's from the 1950s uh, there's that element to it but not only the the, the language and uh, how those characters are written but even just the way Shirley Jackson writes this uh, may not be for everybody there are times where uh, again not giving details but a character sees something, and it scares them, and they tell the another character to run. But Jackson never tells you what they saw. So if that is the kind of thing that's going to bother you, uh, this will probably drive you crazy. Uh, this is really built around. Uh, again, what I'm seeing with a lot of these uh, the horror novels that I'm drawn to is really focusing on kind of the the psyche. Of the main characters, and we definitely see that on display. Uh, there's a, again with that. Honors and know what is that, noise. So there's uh, there a array of emotions, and even how Shirley Jackson portrays this, uh, you really have to be careful because there's times where and the very next scene, they're as happy as can be. And at first, it feels very, very inconsistent. I begin to realize that what's happening to them psychologically is, again, I don't want to get spoilery, but you see the house beginning to get a hold on them. And so you can see their emotions going back and forth. And But Shirley Jackson never comes out and explains that. Uh, that's something that you just pick up over the course of reading it. So, again, she does a masterful job at creating tension and creepiness without really showing you a lot. A lot of it is kind of the assumed events that are taking place. Uh, there aren't a lot of scenes of, actual haunted activity to place. Uh, There are hints at things. They're they're hearing things, but there's not a lot of them seeing stuff. There are a couple situations. So uh, really kind of more of a a psychological look at investigating this haunted house. So again, a very beautifully written book, very differently written. It's not going to come out and tell you everything At face value. Uh, There's going to be times where the characters seem like they're acting out of character or they're acting completely contrary to how they should be acting. But at least for me, that's all part of the effect that the house is having on them. And so great character study uh, between these four characters, how they interact, and at times how they seem to be really close, and the next minute they seem really far and so there's a, a great subplot of just the interaction of these four characters and you know I think sometimes what's really fascinating me about the horror books I've been reading so far this year is sometimes when horror books are made into movies or TV shows, obviously there's going to be a greater focus on the uh, the scares the jump scares uh, uh, really going all in on the visuals of it. And really what I am finding with the books is they're not as blatantly in your face. Uh, They really rely more on the character interactions. Uh, For example, right now I'm I'm reading The Shining, and so there'll be a review of that coming shortly uh, once I finish that. Uh, But again, Haunting of Hill House, very well written, very different uh, from what I've read before. It's kind of somewhere in between Dracula and a Stephen King book in terms of the writing style. Uh, so if you're not sure if that's going to sit well with you, again, it was a very different uh, read, uh, not only in terms of the language, but even in terms of just sometimes feeling very choppy from, okay, they one second ago, they were terrified. Now, two seconds later, they're gleeful and they're happy. What is going on? Uh, but again, all of it feeding into uh, that sense of, this story of a the house is very much a main character in this story. So, again, Haunting of Hill House, very well written. Uh, it really, I felt, makes you feel like you're in the house with these four main characters, uh, just feeling the effects of being in this haunted house and uh, spending time there day after day. So, I think a, a classic, uh, I know it's not maybe old enough to technically be a classic, but this would probably be considered a classic uh, in terms of horror. Uh, as of right now, I would say this is probably number nine on my uh, all-time top ten list of novels. Uh, really enjoyed this. Uh, very glad I picked it up. Heard, heard a lot of great things about it, and, and I would say definitely uh, would have to be considered a classic. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of stuff that's going to uh, keep you up at night. Uh, if you're worried about that, uh, there are a couple scenes for me. I think the most powerful scene. Uh, and I won't say what it was, but the, the closing line of chapter five is when everything becomes real. When, uh, cause everything is slowly building up. It's like Shirley Jackson just slowly turning the dial on the creep factor. And it kind of hits its peak at the very end of chapter five and everything takes off from there. So, uh, very enjoyable read. Uh, glad I picked it up. Uh, found it at, uh, Ollie's I think it was uh, for very cheap so a great find there so really recommend it Uh, I would give it five stars Uh, just beautiful classic a couple things I might change uh, but I think that would take away from part of the mystery and the uh, just the aura of this book so very well done really encourage you uh, to pick it up and read it even if you're not a horror person uh, you might enjoy this Uh, again it's not very long Uh, it's a pretty easy read other than the getting used to some of the style issues, so *The Haunting of Hill House* by Shirley Jackson, a lot of fun to read. Uh, encourage you to check it out. So, thanks again for stopping in and watching, and we'll catch you back here with the next, which will probably be Stephen King's *The Shining*. So, thanks a lot, and take care.
0: All right, we're back here in the Ohio wind, and man, we have not had this guy on for a couple months. I miss talked them, and I'm excited to reconnect. Mitch Teamly, uh he's an actor, director. He does a lot of great things, and he's Ohio himself. He's down there in the Cincinnati area. Thanks for coming on, Mitch. How are you?
3: Hey, Great, doing well, actually, all things considered.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, we're, uh, we're making things work. Uh, that's the uh, theme of this morning. So, hey, great to have you yeah. on, Mitch. Um I, I want to ask, and we always like having... Uh, people in the film industry and musicians and everything come on. I got to ask you, I think we talked last year when COVID was first starting and we weren't quite sure what was happening. What has COVID been like for you? Because I know it's hard for creators right now, Because sometimes COVID puts limits on what you can do. What's last year been like for you? Well,
3: um, I mean, it's been a time of – I mean, because I'm a writer, first and foremost, I write, direct, produce, even do some acting, but uh, writing is the core thing for me. I mean, if God rolled back the clouds, Monty Python style, and said, uh, bitch, you know, uh, pick one, that would be it. That's the core issue. So I've been focusing uh, very much on my writing, um, working on a novelization of uh, Healing River for a publisher that I've been talking with and uh, spent this last year very much uh, working on that, developing my blog, uh, and uh, also uh,
2: currently doing uh, uh, a graphic novel illustration of the comedy uh, okay.
3: that came out last year as well. So uh, focusing on the written stuff.
0: Good, good. And thankfully, that's something you keep doing no matter what's going on outside. Yeah, um, exactly. How has Healing River gone? I know when we first talked... Killing River was a movie that was coming out to Amazon. Uh, it was just starting. Uh, how, how has that gone for you in the past year? Uh, have people watched it? Has it been going pretty well? It's been done. It's been done. It's done really, really well, Chris. It's
3: done, uh, it was the, was the most uh, the top-rated uh, inspirational movie on Amazon Prime last year. Uh, And it still is. So far into this year, it it still holds the top position. Uh, And so Amazon, when something is well regarded and gets a lot of positive responses from people, Amazon promotes it to people with the, uh, if you like that movie, you might want to watch this one too sort of thing. And that pushes up the reach of the the film beyond just the people that, uh, you know, the grassroots thing was, was amazing. I mean, um, it's, its message is uh, intensely important uh, and um, it's just reached a lot of people I mean we've had notes from people saying wow I'm gonna have to change my life you know <laughs> it's, uh, it's been very uh, uh, very satisfying on uh, every level
0: yeah if you have Amazon Prime I know a lot of you have it but yeah definitely check it out it kind of a gritty police drama maybe not your typical inspirational movie but uh it's as you said. it has a very powerful message
3: yeah um and actually just a note on amazon it's on a quite a few platforms now Oh, okay good it's expanded beyond amazon prime by the way you do not have to be a prime member to watch it oh. uh it's uh, it's i think there's a 399 charge if you're okay. not or something if you're prime it's free um but uh it's also on a number of other platforms and uh, one free platform also uh, called Tubi TV. Yeah, uh, yeah. The only downside to that, which is a downside to me because I'm a purist, is that it interrupts several times throughout the film with commercial breaks. Yeah, uh,
0: and, and they're kind of random, so they can come like
3: in the middle of a dialogue, you know. Uh, but it's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's also gone international. It's starting to go international now. Uh, Good. So it took a long time to get past uh, the North American release initially.
0: Good. And then you were saying it was interesting because I remember when we spoke last, you were talking about this Notzilla, and that was kind of a – it was an over-the-top kind of comedy thing. I think you were developing it back then, but now it's more reality. Uh, Tell us about, about that.
3: Well, like Healing River, initially it was expected to be at movie theaters first, uh, but the pandemic uh, yeah. <laughs> essentially, for all intents and purposes, shuttered movie theaters. Uh, now there's gradually a trickle starting to flow back into the theaters. Uh, so uh, the production company did distribution deals with digital distributors, uh, and uh, they released. Uh, it's the same distribution company, uh, or excuse me, the different distribution company, but the same production company, uh behind both of the films, and uh, they released Notzilla, uh mid-summer, late summer uh, of last year, uh, and initially it was very low-key, they have very limited promotional budget, so they were depending on word of mouth. And uh, there was a glitch. Uh, they were doing some some of the mi- limited amount of promotion to let people know the movie's out there. Uh, well, it's based on using tag words on Facebook uh, to you know let people are interested in a particular kind of thing, you know, see the trailer. And, and uh, they found out that uh, the pe- person that they uh, uh, asked to to do that didn't understand what they were asking for. And they used the wrong tag words that it had nothing to do. The film, and so the initial response was weak. Then, when they discovered that, they started using tag words like Godzilla and also spoofy movies like Airplane and uh, and you know, movies that have a similar appeal. Um, and uh, it all of a sudden it's like just exploded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, people who like comedy <laughs> found out about the movie, and uh, and so a lot of word of mouth now, people to telling their friends and. We've
0: even had some Notzilla viewing parties and things, you know, stuff like that. Well, tell us about it. I mean, obviously, there's a Godzilla, at least a keyword that helps with that. But uh, for those who haven't heard of it, what can we expect from it? It's a
3: a real over-the-top comedy. Uh, It's a a very affectionate send-up of old monster movies, not just the, the. you know, the Godzilla Kaiju type movies, but also uh, American monster movies. Um, uh, The the movie, the story is set in the early 60s and it plays like it's an early 60s monster movie. Uh, And because we decided to shoot it in Ohio uh, and uh, in the U.S., uh, and there are about three professional actors in the Cincinnati area, (laughs) Uh, having it set in Japan, which is who the original story was, didn't fly so we completely revamped the story and uh, we've got a young Japanese paleontologist who's trying to save the last surviving member of a particular species of monster called a Nautzillosaurus. The the armed forces are killing them off because they have problems every couple of weeks with giant monsters in Japan Mm -hmm. in the story. So he steals this egg and vows to its dying mother to save her baby and he brings it to uh, the U.S. and accidentally Flushes it down the toilet of the airplane, uh, <laughs> and it ends up in the Ohio River. Oh, man. Um, and uh, and it's discovered by the head of a secret nuclear testing organization called Snuggie, uh, the secret uh, underground government installation, which is 500 stories underneath the ground in Cincinnati. And they they're blasting jars loose egg to the surface and. And everything would be fine except its species is affected by alcohol uh, huh. it grows to abnormal proportions the young scientist explains that normally it's about the size of say a man in a rubber suit uh, but then it grows to massive dimensions if it's exposed to alcohol well the lead scientist who's an idiot thinks it would be fun to give it beer uh, and uh, because this is Cincinnati, right? And that's mm-hmm. what all takes off. <laughs> so, you've got a giant, basically toddler monster, uh, who's pretty much just playing, and mm-hmm. that's the, and then they have to stop the crazy scientist and so on and so on, and all the classic tomes, you know.
0: Okay, yeah, that's the one we- What where we see on that
3: Uh, it's all over the place, It's okay. on Amazon Prime, it's on. Snuggie
0: or uh, in Snuggies, Truby TV. Yeah, your
3: favorite uh, <laughs> uh, The DVD is out, and you can uh, you can get the DVD from you know Walmart and uh, all the all the outlets and things like that. It's also on uh, a number of other platforms. <laughs> uh, YouTube. Not a lot of people know this, but YouTube has uh, streaming service. subscriptions. Okay. Prescriptions. Yeah. Subscription.
0: Yeah. Well, and make sure. Um, the know how to spell it when it's first play. It's N-O-T-Z-I-L-L-A. Exactly.
3: Just like you okay. said.
0: Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. And Craig, I'll tell you, uh, Mitch, Craig is our pop culture movie expert of the panel. So oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Craig, Craig wants to ask you something. So, Craig, what you got for him? Uh, yeah.
1: I have a couple of questions. Thanks for joining us today, Mitch. I, I definitely appreciate it. But, uh, you know, one of the things that you kind of said that really struck me was, um you know, working with actors that are both trained professionally and maybe that are just trying to break in, maybe don't have the training or maybe trying to give it a go to try to make it. What is it like for you as a, as a director, as a producer, kind of coming in and, and working with experienced and non-experienced actors?
3: It's, it's really a uh, home base for me. I'm very familiar with it. Uh, in LA, I used to live in Los Angeles and so I worked in the movie industry there. And when you're working on independent films, uh, especially uh, here in Ohio, you're working with a, there's actually a really large base of very, very talented uh, professional and semi-pro, and by semi-pro I'm not referring to talent level, just to the degree to which they make a living at it, uh, actors in this area, but most of them are stage actors, you know. And uh, and so they're, they're used to, a, there's an adjustment. I mean, acting is acting, but there's an adjustment from going to stage to film. Uh, and so in some cases, now some of these films are pre-seasoned. They're in some of the Hollywood movies that have been shot in the Cincinnati area. Uh, but others are, uh, one guy uh, who plays one of the supporting leads in the film, uh, he, is, he plays a, a, a general um, a very second-rate general. Uh, he's he's uh, actually a frigid air general. He's in charge of all air conditioning services for the military. And he ends up in charge of the armed forces uh, trying to stop the monster in a movie. But, and uh, he was in a very serious straight role in our, uh, our, uh, in our previous film, Healing River. And it was his first film. And he's a brilliant actor, he's wonderful. He's actually very highly regarded in this area. Uh, but uh, I kept telling him, he, you know, I said, you mean, to tone it down and just be real. You're not playing it for an audience in a movie theater, you know, or in a stage theater. And uh, so just be real. Don't be over the top. You know, and he was great in the film. And then the first day of shooting for this, playing this over the top general, I said, do you remember thing I told you on Healing River about making it real and all that? And he said, yeah. And I said, disregard that completely <laughs> you know, and it's equally brilliant it's very very funny uh, so yeah working with really gifted actors who uh, have had more experience on, on the stage
1: sure you know and, and i'm glad you kind of brought that up because you know we've talked i've talked to a few people for stories that i've written uh, you know, some local people that are, you know, trying to break into the, into acting. But one of the things that they've mentioned over the last few years is the ability to be an actor, but not have to live in Hollywood. And you're kind of a great example of someone that can be in the film industry with, with not having to live in Hollywood full time. Uh, what is it like maybe from your perspective as a, as an actor, director, producer, to know that you don't have to necessarily go to the center of the Hollywood universe to do some of the things that you wanna do and make some of the films you wanna make?
3: Well, it's a little different for a filmmaker than it is for an actor. Now, I happen to have one foot in both worlds, but uh, I am primarily a writer, director, uh, and uh, and I act when I get the chance and I enjoy it. uh, But for an actor uh, to make a living just acting for the screen, but generally means you need to be one of the and one of the handful of places with this huge amount of activity going on. Um, obviously, LA is this giant pool. Of course, there's also massive competition. I mean, there are probably something like half a million actors auditioning in in LA throughout the year for film and television and so on. Um, you've got other uh, other pools in New York and Chicago, secondarily, and in recent years Atlanta georgia has become kind of a hollywood south uh in the u.s uh, outside of that other substantial city areas with a big talent pool like cincinnati or, or cleveland uh, uh actors can make a full-time living but they can't make a full-time living just doing acting for the screen uh, they uh they tend to be as they are in cincinnati stage actors who also audition for and occasionally do films uh, when either Hollywood is producing something here, uh, there's a dozen, fifteen Hollywood films produced in the Cincinnati area a year, uh, and uh, but they'll cast all the lead roles from Hollywood name actors. Uh, there are very, very, very few name actors, uh, you know, people whose name helps draw an audience to the film, living outside of, uh, you know. The L.A. or possibly New York area. So yeah, they're they're uh, and some of them are just real class actors. I mean, our our, our actors in both films have won festival awards for their performances. Sure.
2: Interesting.
3: And they, uh, yeah, they're great. They're absolutely phenomenal. But they write. They act on the stage a great deal of the time, which is absolutely. not a drawback. They love it.
1: Right.
0: Definitely. And my, my dog might have a question too, but we'll let him go. Okay. So my dog. My, my,
3: which, which species
0: is it or which brand did they all try to speak it black? Right? Uh, yeah. Orchid, Book Saratarier mix, which is, I. Big, big, big old York Saratarier mix. Just- uh, she she gets annoyed She's like come talk to me So maybe that's the time we just start wrapping up um, M- Mitch uh, I definitely get the word out So Notzilla And Healing Healing River uh, Definitely check them out uh, Mitch we tell us to all of our directors Our dream is to have a A background role in the movies So if you ever need a Podcaster journalist let us know We'll drive you <laughs> today We're excited We'll, we'll work for free. It'll be fantastic. Okay. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so check out uh, Healing River and uh, Notzilla on a, a lot of your favorite, um, you know, places to watch movies. Uh, Amazon Prime and, and Tubi. Uh, check checked out. Uh, just be ready for commercials during weird dialogue moments. But I, I get that. I've watched movies on Tubi before, too. And also yeah. check out MitchTeamLink.com dot ycom I like it. Every day about noon, you've got some type of a blog post up there. Very good. You talk about faith and acting and all kinds of fun stuff. So, yeah, definitely check out. It's free. Just subscribe. And each day about noon, you get a good blog post to check out. All right. Fantastic. Well, Mitch, as always, it's great to have you on. We're going to make this – Not every year. We we need to talk to you a little bit more often. It's always enjoyed talking to you. And Craig, our pop culture guy, anytime he can talk to somebody in the RT, he gets a big thrill of it. So uh, (laughs) let's hang up for a second afterwards. Thanks for your patience. And everyone, thanks for checking out The Highland. Uh, As always, lots of high news and pop culture. Um, If you haven't already, subscribe um, for your favorite podcast provider. Thanks again, everybody for Mitch, Craig, and my dog. <laughs> have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley.
2: Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun.